Tonight, I'm here to talk to you about none of the above. Which one? I said none of the above. Oh, this one. Nope, none of the above. Oh, that one. Check, none of the above. Think you're less evil, I want none, none of, of the above. above. Hi, this is Conan Yusan from the internet, and you're listening to None of the Above. Broadcasting from an underground studio in Louisville, Kentucky, where eardrums go to die. You're listening to None of the Above. Streaming live on Radio Nope at radionope.com. To call into the show, dial 1-502-416-1778. Skype name None of the Above Podcast KY. And now, party on, dudes! Hey, it's the man dude. This is none of the above on Radio Nope. How's everybody going? Everybody's going good? We're doing all right? We're back. We haven't been on the air for a very, very long time, I feel. Two weeks, so to say. <laughs> Two weeks. Oh, shit. My, <laughs> my <laughs> mic just sprang to life. <laughs> Rob, uh, hey. I, I put Rob on a good mic, my old microphone. And now, I'm passing the torch, my friend. Yeah. You've uh, earned your keep here. On none of the above on Radio Nope. As, as the only other member of the show mm-hmm. to be on every single episode. After about uh, 45 episodes or so. 46. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which is nice, but now I have to like be co- cognizant of how unbelievably loud this mic is compared to my old uh, you know, Guitar Center 2-pack special. Mm-hmm. And now it's mm-hmm. like this thing's real. And I just shoved my red clown nose on it. Oh, there we go. Ooh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Sorry, buddy. Smooth. Izzy's been in the studio. He's been walking across the mixer. Everything is just way the fuck out of whack. He's been, uh, he's really bass heavy. Just gunching the knobs mm-hmm. up. Warm and punchy, much like the uh, sack of guts he carries around. <laughs> That's intern Gunch, folks. Welcome to None of the Above. Name's a man, dude. You obviously know Bobby Cole drinks. He's on red microphone. He's returning. To hey, that hey, hey, spot. hey. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hey, on. and we're uh, joined in guest. We're joined in studio with the guest. That's right. Identify yourself, uh, guest of the podcast. My name's Adam Turla, and I'm I'm in the band Murder by Death. That is correct. Indeed. That's a fact. <laughs> so he's here to answer two hours of Michael Caine trivia. Yeah. Michael Caine. <laughs> That's exactly. We're going to have him do about half an hour of his best Michael Caine impersonations, followed by um, said trivia. Do you do a Michael Caine? Uh, no, but, well, I guess only since I saw that movie, The Trip. Which was great. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> she was only 17. <laughs> I can't do it either, but them arguing yeah. about it was, uh, you know, ironically, I watched that movie on a trip. Oh, perfect. In, and I was in Paris watching that movie on an iPad. It was funny. I felt very European. I also saw the trip to Italy recently, the sequel. Was it good? Yeah, it's basically the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, is that the Peter Fonda movie? No, it's that's Steve, another trip. It's Steve Coogan and um, who's the other guy? He's more famous in England. I can't remember yeah. his name. He's very funny. I mean, it's Mr. Some, Bean. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it's not Roman Atkinson. It's actually Mr. Bean. Yeah. And his impression is just him doing bug eyes and like pursing his lips all weird. You know, probably like, like Mr. Bean does. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Either that or Walls and Gromit. It's I mean, <laughs> those are the Steve only Coogan two celebrities. Gromit, Margaret Thatcher. I, it was one of those. Oh yeah, wow. right on. Rest in peace, cartoon dog. <laughs> <laughs> I would see yeah a, a remake of the trip with j- it's Gromit and Margaret Thatcher's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. The trip, two thousand. Yeah, Spe- be- we'll get into the Oscars 
I saw the Oscars. Rob said he saw the Oscars. I did watch. Did I did. You? No. And did not. Okay, <laughs> no. that's no no fault to you. No. Were you aware though of the of the pre-show controversy that surrounded the Oscars this year? Uh, the the whitewashed Oscars. Is that's that correct. Yeah. Yes. Where there was zero nominees of color in any of the four major acting categories. Or the directing category. Or the writing. But the black guy presented them. <laughs> or catering. Or <laughs> Yeah, it was... Yeah. I mean, which is... I was feeling pretty weird about that. <laughs> and I think that, it, especially in a year where there were like really strong performances, because I think a lot of people thought Michael B. Jordan yeah. from Creed got snubbed. That's right. And of, of The Wire, too. Let's not forget. Was Mike? Oh, God, he was on the wire, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was Wallace. Yes. Right. <laughs> of Where's Wallace fame. Yes. Mm. Uh, first season only, unfortunately, if you've seen the first season. I remember uh, I lost my wallet in the house one time and I just started screaming at Kelly, Where's Wallet? Where's Wallet? And I thought that was super funny and she did not get it because <laughs> she has not seen the show. Uh, but him, Will Smith, and Concussion, I think a lot of people thought was going to get some kind sure, of nod. Sure, sure. And did not see. Yeah, I didn't see it either. It's I was like, oh, football hurts your body? No shit. I feel like I didn't need to see a whole movie. Uh, they interviewed some, fo- I can't remember who it was, but they interviewed some football player and they're like, hey, have you seen it? And his response was like, I see it every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much pretty my life perfect. now. Yeah, I'm uh, terminally ill and I'm 48, Yeah, uh, which is just sad. I'm trying to think the last time I had a concussion. Uh, Well, I th- I did get kicked with a Doc Martin boot, like right to the side of the head, big flash of white, fell to the ground. I think I was out for a few minutes at a MXPX concert. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now it makes sense why it's <laughs> Who's out, yeah. wearing the uh, the big zipped up hoodie now, folks? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Could have been the Boston's. You could have. Oh, yeah. You could have well, like faked that. I chose the, uh, <laughs> chose the Christian route there. Southern Orange well, County, California. You know, yeah. was MXPX? Uh, they were they were a Christian group. Yes, they were. Oh, yeah. So Ish. they were on Tooth and Nail, is what you're telling me. No. MX, do you know what MXPX stands for? Uh, it's something about plaid. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's the M? Ma-ma-ma. Magnified, <laughs> magnified plaid. plaid. Because That's... when you magnify plaid, you see crosses. It's like, how in the Whoa. world? That's such a far-fetched... <laughs> Roundabout way it's to a long walk to explain man. it. <laughs> I love it. I would a better answer would be like MXPX just kind of sounds cool, I guess. But magnifying plaid, it's good like, lord. Like even AFI was like, all right, let's just stop telling people what this stands for because it's stupid. Like I was told, like man's like I was told AFI stood for asking for it when I first mm. heard of that band. It was like, well, that's actually kind of cool. And then I found out what it really was, and I was like. Mm. Wait, yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, a fire inside. Yeah, I remember hearing inside. that. I remember hearing that. It's that whole uh, screamo fragment sentence band names like mm. yeah of the blankety blank or as I blank on the blank yeah, <laughs> yeah. her Septembering <laughs> arms or something. <laughs> if, you throw, if you throw in a month <laughs> yeah, of the year yeah. somewhere, Just t- you're good to go. Something into a gerund that has no business. Yeah, lots gerund of gerunds. They love them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, for a while, when I first started teaching, it, it was real big. Like the hot topic bands just were full sentences. Mm. Like I wrestled a bear once. Yeah, uh, did you guys ever pretty play big in math rock too? We have a collection, basically a mental collection of amazing band names uh, from that era. And one of my favorites was, I guess, they were more of like a, a East Coast metal type band, uh, um, mm. probably hardcore. But they were called uh, Skull Fragments on the Wall. Mm. And uh, we heard them, we were driving through New England on tour and there was a, 
radio station that like uh, they were called oh, New England is pissed. That's what it was. That's and, awesome. Uh, New England is pissed. 93.5, the piss. N-E-I-P. I loved it. You know, it was like some, I think it was college radio or something. It was great. <laughs> there was skull fragments on the wall. <laughs> That's very descriptive. Yeah. Or if you wanted to like the disco punky skull fragments on the dance floor. Mm. Yes. Or something. Yeah. Or in the hallway or something. Yeah. 1978. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the stupid. Like, just change your name then. Like, somebody says you can't be death from above. Let's eh, just throw some dumb crap on there. There was a flash in the pan disco punk movement when I lived in LA, like the Rapture moving units. And I think that's about it. That's just those two. No, there was like Hot Hot Heat was pretty. Hot Hot Heat, yeah. Hot Hot Heat was pretty disco y. Didn't they call it Electro Clash? Yes, they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of fell into that. A little bit. I'm trying to think. Or like liars. That, the first liars. The first record. liars album. Yes, was very. They jumped around. Like yeah, they really did. And then the first liars album was good. I think I really like listening. It blew the, my mind when I first heard it. And then the second one was like an Einsterstanz and Neubauten album. And it was like completely unlistenable. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I don't understand any of these noises. And not like the way I didn't understand that Battles record the first time I heard it, where I'm like, what am I doing homework here? But like, it was really just harsh. It was a real harsh toke that record. Anyway, I haven't heard that one for long enough to weigh in on that. But, but I will the, the witch the like battles. They, we one. were witches. Oh, <laughs> um, the no, but the uh, it's funny because how that heat that band came up in a conversation I had about two weeks ago for the first time in ten years. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I, and they were a group that I remember. We played a festival with them in two thousand six, and I remember them walking around in like really tight white clothes, mm-hmm. and uh, and we saw the show, and it wasn't really our thing, but like. They were so big at the time, and there were so many people listening oh, to them. Dude, yeah. And then I have not heard anything about them. And maybe that's just showing the circles I travel in. But it's just interesting how sometimes a group just can can get so popular, and then just sort of. I know they haven't disappeared. I'm sure they're still playing some shows. <laughs> they're and, right outside on the deck, yeah, smoking cigarettes. Well, no, I just try to be really <laughs> careful because I. I am not the lead singer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to find a hot, hot heat song. I'm trying to find. I can out. I can like half hear a few of them in my head. That was the conversation someone was trying was to remember. Like, like, oh, I think it goes like I was like I've like, I don't remember something like they that. had a big song like people, bandages. I think bandages. Yep, that's yes. the one. I'm yep. about to take oh, fucking a ad. Very beginner's of dose of yes. extremely highly potent THC. Oil. What's that an ad whoa, for? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Some> marijuana <laughs> vice, of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna do drugs <laughs> and you're gonna film it. <laughs> I think that welcome I, to the news. I think yeah. that. Uh, oh yeah, that was that was. Oh yeah, okay. Let's listen tonight. to a, a spell of this. A hot, hot heat for you on Sub Pop. Yeah. Oh wow. They're like big record, like elevators or whatever it was on Sub. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get prepared to be annoyed by this. No, I, I know the song now. Yeah. Bandages on my arms and low bandages. Yeah, I got, I got the. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Very at the drive-in vocals. But it's like, hey, if if we could have like some toddlers try to learn at the drive-in songs. Like, how can we make it so that Muppets are playing at the drive-in? Sounds like Poppy at the drive-in. Yeah. Well, they, I think what happened to this band was, like, the guy that wrote the songs quit, mm. but they were like, fuck it, we're still going to be Hot Hot Heat, and then, like, the, it just completely did not sound anything like they used to, wow. and everyone kind of, like, walked away. You know, <laughs> the tough. audiences were like, mm, bye. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'd be curious what their story is. You should do an in-depth expose. Yeah, we keep trying to get them, but their Cricket Mobile uh, <laughs> account is, uh, is <laughs> still linked to a, a, t- a 1999 or their MySpace 2001. Is, their MySpace is pretty unnavigable. Friendster. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was able to get into my Friendster account like four or five months ago, and that's just, uh, ooh. That's yeah, a, I never had one of those. It's a trip back. No. It's, uh, I have like two photos on it because I didn't really have a way to put a photo on a computer back then. Where it's like, yeah, you know, didn't have a digital cameras. It was like two things I scanned at the computer lab at school at IU. Like, yeah, here's a p- picture of me standing by a guitar. Like, ugh. You remember? Not, not a lot of traction on my Friendster. You remember old digital cameras that were like bricks and had like the smallest little like oh, the viewing gi- window and the giant like uh, mm-hmm. cinder block digital cameras? <laughs> Hewlett Packard, <laughs> the <laughs> <Yeah>. digital camera. <laughs> First name in camera technology. <laughs> Texas Instruments. <laughs> <laughs> they have just not, like, I know you guys probably haven't been around a high school graphing calculator lately. Uh, bullshit. I use one mm, every other week or so. Or you just playing it's mob in the drawer war? upstairs. You playing yeah, mob wow. wars up there? Snake. Uh, yeah, snake, yeah. <laughs> snake, snake or tie. They, the technology has not advanced at all. Mm. Like, I see brand new ones at the school I work at, and it's just like, this is exactly the same as the one I used in 1999. I'm like, yeah, well, there's no pressure to evolve these things. Uh, I'm going to circuit bend mine and then uh, release a noise album. Somewhere Rob Ross has one that makes sound on it. Yeah, they should come up with some new numbers. This shit's boring. Like, they haven't come up with any new math in a long time, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. at least scientists are still discovering things. Like, math guys are just like... <laughs> uh, uh, I All I did on graphing calculators was just like the... Doing squiggle lines and then tripping out on like spirograph stuff there. Uh, Carlin reading the chat box asking, the hygienist really got on me about flossing again. Is has that band name been taken yet? And I, I Kyle, Carl and I reporting with teeth so. troubles. Yeah, that's what kind of show this is. Expose your health problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I don't know. That's a pretty good album name. Expose mm. your health problems. I think it was <laughs> Kyle was not having tooth troubles. Mm. Taylor was having tooth troubles. Mm. Kyle got mm. stuck at work because Kirby was sick. That's why we're down a usual co-host. Yeah, it's rather uh, chill in the uh, studio. I'm digging it. Uh, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Adam. I got new uh, music to play from all the bros that we hang out with. <laughs> Every bro. <laughs> and play. I yeah. think we probably even have some old, uh, some leftover prices Rights. We do. That we could look mm, at. If I can scramble to, uh, well, we can definitely make that happen with the three of us here. Oh, yeah. No problem. Uh, so these Oscars... Did you feel then, L, that they went overboard with the <laughs> addressing yes. of the controversy? Yeah, let me set it up. Uh, my parents treat the Oscars, my mom in particular, treats the Oscars like Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And she has a whole spread. She do a pool? Set it out. We had Joella's Catering. Jesus. We had, uh, which is the hot chicken place in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- she had uh, various popcorns and big like glass pedestals, like, Jalapeno and cheddar and sweet butter. Then she had like uh, theater candy and little dishes and everything. <laughs> had like their little own chalkboard that said like Reese's Pieces. What it is, as if you didn't <laughs> yeah, know. As exactly. if their brand hadn't burned it into <laughs> yeah, your they're, memory. They're Skittles. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me about Sour Patch Kid. Did she do the um, Did she do the mind-bending bag of M&M's mixed with a bag of Skittles <laughs> in a glass bowl? She had nerds. My mom had nerds. <laughs> okay, now I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. How many people were at this? Uh, it was uh, me, my wife Amanda, and then my brother and uh, his fiance now. Which congrats, Alex! Congratulations, Alex! Uh, and Luxie, 
And that was it. And mom and dad. So six of us, we gamble on uh, she the spread Oscars. all that shit out mm-hmm. for the six of you. Yeah. Gee, that yeah feels like overboard. Labor of love. No. How, how much is left over? We have we have a bunch of jumbo chicken tenders upstairs. <laughs> Why did you let me get a burrito on my way here? You should have <laughs> pre-warned me about the jumbo chicken tenders. <laughs> but yes, I felt like the Oscars were um, very overboard. Just like, hey, all right, uh, we're going to address this, but we're going to really address this. So we make sure that all the bases are are covered here and this will never, ever happen again. Well, And I'd be fine if they overcorrect and go nuts on it. But some of the jokes were just like the daddiest dad joke. You got it out of the book that you get at the like dollar section of Walmart where it's like they did an entire produced piece that was clearly talking about Will Smith. But then they were just like the joke at the end was like because it was Black History Month and talking about like, oh, in his younger days, he was part of a musical duo when he was a fresher star. But now he's, you know, a comedian and a serious actor. It's like, but we just call him Jack Black. And it was like. Really? It was like four minutes of setup. That was actually, I joke. chuckled at that. Did you really? Yeah, uh, I, did. Oh. I like. I knew it wasn't going to be Will Smith, but I was like, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Like, this is. That's funny. And some of them were just like, oh, they just went over like stones. Was Jack Black nominated for Goosebumps? <laughs> uh, you know, so it, <laughs> Goosebumps didn't even get like the, any of the technical, like special effects. It was like, no. No. So. I <laughs> I have a confession. I didn't watch the Oscars, but I did just watch Goosebumps. And how oh, really? <laughs> how was it? Goosebumps report. I saw it on the airplane on the way back from Europe, <laughs> and I, and I, I saw. I looked over at Sarah and I said, "This is happening." Yeah. And did what? you make Sarah watch it with you? Oh yeah. Oh. What and a perfect time you don't to watch fly that kind of movie solo yeah. with Goosebumps. For, the movie. <laughs> for how long did she make you sleep on the couch? Um, she just slept through most of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, but it was surprisingly better than expected, and that bar was not very high. I mean, was it at least like fun for a goof? It was fun. I I actually laughed several times. uh, A real human laugh. It was was pretty, you know, it was as good as it could have possibly been. That seems fair. I mean, I liked what they tried to do with it, where it was like, well, how are we going to adapt Goosebumps? There's like a hundred of those books. It was just Jumanji. Yeah, so Jumanji yeah. and uh, Go- Goosemanji. Yeah, I actually think I liked it more than I liked Jumanji. So, oh, oh no, wait, no, wait a second. <laughs> Not the book. You get out. The book was better. <laughs> the erotic novel Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what if there was like an erotic Jumanji where it's like it comes to life and they just like, dude, it's like bestiality Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. Like the Jumanji porn parody. You know, they have porn parodies of everything sure. now. Jizmondi. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I saw one that was like American Dad on the internet. It was like, ugh. Oh. They had a guy in the alien costume. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was real oh. stuff. They did a Full House one. The only thing worse than that show. <laughs> what? Worse than American Dad? Is yeah. The American Dad porn parody where, <laughs> yeah. where the daughter fucks the alien. Oh. Uh, Rob Ross confirming that he does not have a circuit bending calculator. And then he says here, I hate math. Very. Bull crap. He loves numbers. He likes digital numbers too. Doesn't mean he hit, well, like ones and zeros, maybe, but I mean, he loves math. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the over, like, I just, a lot of it was like, by the end, I was like, oh my God, I know. Like, mm. it, at some point, it's like, why don't we just, we should overcorrect next year and just nominate a bunch of <laughs> yeah. different. A blackout. <laughs> well, I mean, even I mean, then. It, it was, it was, fair, bla- it was very in your face. They played, like, not that there's anything. Wrong with like doing this stuff, but it was it was just so out there, like playing a um, 
who was it? Did they play Fight the Power? Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what somebody told me. Public Enemy, sorry. Over the end credits, it was Fight the Power. Who thought of that? (laughs) (laughs) Some hilarious intern that is now looking for future employment. Yeah. That's just weird. I I mean, great song. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. This just happened. To the last second, they just threw that in there, yeah. I was at, like, and he signed off with the Black Lives Matter, I think. Mm. And, like, I was, the... There was a girl in front of me at the, I went to Moe's to get a burrito on the way uh, here. Why? Dude, I don't know, man. I Ugh. make poor decisions. Sorry. They're and, a chain. It's not like a local place like Moe's. Like, I could diss on him. No, so, it's literally yeah. like, hey, is Chipotle too good for you? Uh, <laughs> and, but it was, it was, uh, Elliot, it was on the way. And right, was yeah, a, yeah, I, I took, uh, you know, I took Breckenridge here and it was right <sighs> there. It was like that or Wendy's. And, mm. you know, I went, I was like, yeah, mediocre burrito. It sounds whatever. And this kind of, clearly college age girl she looked like a sorority girl and i say that because she was wearing a sorority t-shirt and a headband and she was talking to her i presume boyfriend the dude she was with mm-hmm. standing in front of me and was like yeah like the oscars like i guess like the last line that chris rock used right before right before the end before they cut it off he, he just you know he said black lives matter stupid i was like oh ew that's your whole <laughs> yeah like pause gross stupid, like <laughs> stupid <laughs> it's like um yeah stupid that's all right can you right, uh, elaborate are you talking about yourself <laughs> like i'm stupid because i think that's bad doesn't he know that all lives matter hmm. one of those yeah yeah was there any surprises for you like winners i was really surprised mad max won so much i how many did they win they were nominated for 10 yeah uh, five six or seven they were nominated for 10 they got 23 most of the uh-huh. they nice. got like i mean all the technical categories they got sound mixing yeah. sound editing visual effects costumes um i mean that the, was definitely the most interesting looking movie of the year I, yes and I I mean, that's true and i really think that like i mean they had no shot in hell at things like best picture like they're, they're not going to give it. There's not even picture. a lot of acting in the movie. I was talking about there that really with Sarah. Where it's it's, it's kind of just, it's like a spectacle. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's very like, jittery I too. Loved it. Which, but, I yeah. loved it. But like, it's just a different kind of movie. So it made mm-hmm. sense to me that they got all the technical stuff. Well, and the fact that like it had a different kind of message than a lot of, you know, big budget blockbuster stuff. There seemed to be something under the sheen, you know, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of like fun movies. Admittedly, like I saw Ant-Man this year. It was like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, yeah, I actually yeah, forgot yeah. I saw it, but I actually I did like it. Yeah. And I kind of forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, Ant-Man. And you have, uh, man, they're sending, the chat is very active tonight, and they keep sending me links to Jumanji porn. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> so thanks, guys, for really keeping it. Keeping YouTube. It, yeah. Uh. Is there a porn parody of Jumanji? No, then I don't have a favorite movie. Next question. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, talk about, they they can talk about themselves. <laughs> but it, it had a lot more substance than a, action movies like that you know female protagonists sure. that you know a, the rare action movie with female character like rare action movie passing like the Bechdel test and stuff and it's like that's neat and it was a a lot of like technical achievement going back to the, like, the old school actually blowing shit up and making guys fly dirt bikes through shit blowing up it yeah, it like, turns out that looks cool cool yeah it's badass <laughs> but like they're never gonna give it I think they picked the safest movie for best picture and kind of did that. Was that th- Spotlight? Did they, they win? Did. What yeah. is that movie about again? Uh, I saw the list earlier today of who won. It's about. It's a romantic tale about the Catholics <laughs> priest molesting children. It's about newspaper <laughs> reporters in Boston reporting on the Catholic priest like abusive children scandal okay. in the early 2000s. So it's like one of those things where it's like, oh boy, why don't they just call this movie? This movie. 
like when is the uh, scary movie style parody going to come out that's just called Prestige Picture? And it's like every, okay, yeah, it's a yeah. true story, uh, abused children, plucky reporters. Like that thing was just like, yeah, here you go. Thank you, damn Oscar. Uh, which is weird because they did that thing that they rarely do where they totally just shaft the guy who won Best Director by not giving his movie Best Picture. Which the last time they did that, they caught a bunch of flack for like uh, for the Hurt Locker winning. Right. Like Catherine Bigelow not getting best yeah, director, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's sexist scum. Oh uh, man, it, it, people to put too much into this. Uh-huh. These, these awards, but that's that's what I liked about like Chris. I read a transcript of Chris Rock's monologue uh, this morning because I had to like leave halfway through it to like go to the grocery store to get like lunch for the week, mm-hmm. and I read the whole thing. And at one point, he's just like, you know, guys, not everything is sexism, not everything is racism. And he made a lot of good points about, like, yes, we make a big deal about a lot of this stuff, but, like, I mean, not not everything has to be specifically something that's, like, offensive. Like, just because you chose more male directors doesn't mean you're sexist. I, you'd have to, you read it. Go Google that, <laughs> listening audience. No, that makes but, sense. But, yeah. you know, where it's, like, there is an oversensitive nature to people's reactions sometimes not all the time sometimes warranted i think that i think that people feel an urgency towards things that they figured i mean like for example with uh the the whitewash of the oscars i think people feel like they oh i thought we went through this i thought the civil rights movement and i thought like pc and you know and i thought that we dealt with this and that we were kind of through because I remember a few years ago they were talking to a millennial kids and stuff and younger people and they're saying like they thought like oh we don't experience there's less racism among their generation these were these articles were popping up everywhere and then you know that was really great and we were all sort of deluded for a yeah. minute and then I think it's there's just this agitation that nothing has changed and um and on the surface maybe like some people so I, I don't know I think that the sensitivity sometimes and I agree that it's very tedious to get in an argument when you don't feel the way then somebody yeah. projects onto yes. you. But I, I don't know. I think that there's just, it's that urgency and that anger of, of not having real resolve. Yeah. And that was yeah. another point he made in the thing where he's like, you know, there was a lot of protest and a lot of people getting angry about this particular thing, but it's like the reason that that did not happen in the fifties and sixties with the Oscars where they were equally as white all the time is that we had real things to be protesting at the time. Like, we're out there trying to get in the same restaurants and the same bathrooms, and now... You Very know, tangible. Yeah, we're trying to argue about, you know, kind of intangible things like that. And he did a bit where he, like, went to a movie theater in Compton, was asking the patrons what they thought about the Oscars. And, like, everyone he talked to had, like, not heard of any of the movies nominated. Yeah. And they're like, is it, but did you see Straight out of Compton? They were like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Like all the mm. just the experience because I want like my kids, I have a pretty diverse classroom group of kids. I mean, of my 120 students, it's pretty evenly split between black and white. And there's like some mm-hmm. it's probably 80 percent white or black and 20 percent 50 other things. But you don't see a lot of racial tension with these kids like you'll see tension with these kids. Oh, yeah. But it's <laughs> really never like, oh, because you're this. It's just like because you're an asshole or like because I don't like your shoes or something equally moronic. But like on the ground floor, like it's kind of true that like kids, like millennial age kids, kids that are in high school now. It's like with the exception of maybe some like country bumpkin stuff. Sure. I mean, like you don't 
I don't see it a ton. I see a lot more homophobia, which is problematic. Do you? With the, or is I mean, that just that like sort of awkward sexuality in general? You're talking about 15 year old kids. Yeah, you and know, that's, and that's sort of. I have to say, like, <laughs> I think kids are sexually awkward <laughs> in general. So I don't know. I think they're just so. Maybe that's just something they go to because it's in it's in the uh, part of it's cultural too. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about like young black males are not raised in a culture that is inclusive to homosexuality. It's not. And I see sure. it way more from some subsets of my students than I do from others. And it's like statistically that I've read that multiple yeah. times where it's just like, you I, know, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, if you're raised in a certain part of the country and a certain environment within cities and things like that, a thing like I'm it's, I don't know. And it's again, this is my one dude's observations from what I see like <laughs> in your uh, classroom. Yeah. Over two years of being at this school, like the issues that, that the kids bring up are a lot different than they were in, uh, you know, in like in Indiana when I taught there where the racial population was a lot different. And so their reaction to those things was just a lot different than in a place that's far more uh, sort of diverse, you know, like JCPS or something, which I think. I love that all three of the women that we made fun of with those theme songs yes. all won. And I think one of them is like my representative now. Oh, really? Do we have someone on the phone? Yeah. Oh, cool. Caller. Hello. Good evening, my dude. Hey, what's going on? What up, guys? I was just about to press <laughs> the uh, button on your song. What a perfect timing. <laughs> oh, hey, that is good timing. So I, I wanted to uh, just kind of one up Rob's thing. He's talking about uh, that. I've, seen kind of the same thing in school. It's like a casual, just blatant disregard for anything that is remotely approaching any homosexual behavior, mostly among boys. Like, it's like that is somehow okay. Like, in the same way that, like, racism is not, or, like, you know, sexism to, like, girls is not, it's somehow totally okay. And I, I, that's something I don't really get. Understand. It's definitely the one that hasn't been bred into them to not be okay with yet. Like I very rarely hear um, sort of sexist stuff on the very rare occasions that I hear guys being inappropriate towards girls. You can shut it down pretty quick because they know, you know, they know that it's not right. cool, but at somewhere along that chain, it's yet to be taught to a lot of my kids that like, it's not cool to um, just like viciously gay bash people. And it's not that they're even treating. (laughs) And it's weird because it's not like that they're treating like homosexual peers in the classroom with contempt. It's the, they're being viciously defensive about being presumed to be gay in any, like if a guy comes within a half an inch of them, they're like, make it away from me. I ain't gay. And it's like, no, no one said you were. My favorite thing is just to tell them to stop projecting. And they don't really understand <laughs> Freudian psychology yet. So they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, now see what happens is like when you have internalized desires that you have yet to come to terms with, you start projecting them on other people so that it doesn't feel like it's inside of you. And that way it doesn't eat you up inside. You know what I'm saying? They're like, wait, what are you saying? I'm like, I don't know. What are you saying? <laughs> what? How would, you, how would your mother feel about it? And they're like, well, I just, I'm like, why are we, could you just show me where the comma goes, please? You know, and you just divert. But yeah, it's, you should be like, uh, you should be like, You're, this is going to be hilarious to you in 10 years. But. Uh, or they're going to come find me and hit me with a bar of soap and a sock. <laughs> like, they'll realize six years from now, wait, he was calling me gay. And then they're going to beat me up. Uh, <laughs> but like, 
You know, it was like that Simpsons where like Homer realized that Lenny called him slow, but then by the time he realized it, everyone was gone, all the lights were out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they realize it by the night and then they forget by the morning because it's kids. But it's like, and just accused like, oh, he's gay. And it's like, what? I went on, like the one time I've gone off on a kid for saying something rude to me, because like a lot of times that they, if they're shitty, I'm fine. But at one, like it was one of my kids when I was still in Indiana was like, he made fun of my shoes, like my dress shoes that I wear with my dress pants. He was like, man, those shoes are gay. And I was like, okay, we're about to have a conversation right now. What about these <laughs> shoes makes you think that I'm attracted to members of the same sex? And he's like, what? I'm like, what? about the sh- describe for me the element of the shoes on my feet that make me attracted to other men and he was just like he was embarrassed i will say that and i didn't right, let it go right. for like five minutes i'm like no no you you want to say something back it up that's what i'm teaching you inference skills backing up your thoughts with evidence from the text and then analysis of that evidence <laughs> analyze the evidence son right now tell me can you connect that evidence you just said to your main claim Oh, you can't, then I'm not teaching you well enough. Sit down, shut up, you know, because they don't get, it's the one thing that like, they've been told over and over, like respect elders, respect, you know, women, you know, cause they learn a lot of the stuff from like, you know, their families, you know, mom, dad, aunts, grandmas, like a, a lot of my kids have these like large family units and it's all, it's, you know, really raise a village shit where their aunts and grandmas and moms and, and, and dads and uncles, it's all involved in, in way more like when I grew up, I had my mom and my dad, my family live like thousands of miles away but they learn these things and then you know if if they're not getting the message at home that like maybe don't just be calling people gay as an insult all the time and then it's also like they're 10th graders so i mean the amount of times i called things gay or retarded in high school is probably like offensively high you know but you learn as you grow up hopefully a little bit right and, and that's the thing is that a lot of these kids just have never had anybody be like no that's not okay for you to say that you're being an asshole right yeah and and, like, they don't, not in the, in the same way that, you know, yeah, society is okay with being like, hey, don't be racist, don't be sexist. But, like, it's somehow still totally okay to use gays and put it in for stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know teachers <laughs> in my building that have big, giant posters that say, like, oh, really? You thought that was, there's two big ones, the gay and retarded. It's like, oh, you thought it was gay? How about, and then it's just a massive list of adjectives. For things that you can call it not no not synonyms but just like oh if you just mean gay sucks like here's a bunch of sat words you can use to say something sucks or to say something is you know quote gay or retarded and because it's starting to be it's starting to exist in the schools where we have a lot of like lgbt lgbt issues happening in our school we have trans students who are trying to fight for the right to go to the bathroom that they feel comfortable in you have like uh, you know, students struggling with their like you know, sexual orientation, gender identity stuff. Uh, and we've got like great teachers who are parts of LGBT community running like our GSA and all this stuff. So it's getting to the point where it hasn't been addressed in the past because there hasn't been the people there to be offended by it. You know what I mean? And now like we actually have a population to be offended by it. And uh, the kids are having this sort of harsh toke adjustment to like, oh, it's like not cool to say it. You know, which is mild progress at best that they only don't say it around people that might get offended. It doesn't change the fact that they feel this way, <laughs> but like, you know, right. it's putting lipstick on a pig, but you they're know, still assholes on the inside, but maybe they're a little bit less assholes on the outside. Oh, but everybody is. So, I mean, 
uh, at least be you know fucking civil and make everybody's life easier at you know at school. Hey, hey man, I've always said uh, there's plenty of reasons to hate everybody on an individual basis. There's no reason <laughs> to divide it by like race, creed, color. Yeah, why race. why be so why be so broad about it? Hate people for what sucks about them personally. You know, like no, I don't for what's really inside them. Well, it's like in the Big Lebowski where it's like no, it's I don't. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. You know. And that's the thing. Wisdom. It is. It really is. Some Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges wisdom. Man, speaking of the Oscars. What's going on in the uh, Bay Area, Conan? Sitting in, sitting in the, the parking lot with my uh, commute home, baby. That's uh, not something new under the sun. Sitting in the <laughs> parking lot by myself. <laughs> About to go yeah. falling down on these guys' asses. Listening into <laughs> brutal tunes. Or listen to well, us. you know... I got I got two things I could bring up that you haven't talked about. Uh-huh. Um, one of which is more on the intolerance in is one one of which is back to the Oscars, which I did not watch. The that one is the easier one, which I think is really awesome that Kira from Black Flag was on the team that did uh, sound design and editing for Fury Road. So yeah. there's a member of Black Flag that has an Oscar now. Wow. That's that's almost as good as Three Six Mafia having one before Scorsese, <laughs> which is fantastic and like. Uh, who was uh, from my cousin Vinny? Marissa Tomei had one, and it's like Leonardo DiCaprio snubbed seven times in a row. Pretty great. What was the other part? Uh, the other thing is a little more of a bummer. There was a, a cool. in Anaheim this morning. There was a group of KKK dudes that were getting up to. What do you guys hear about anything about this? That were bringing up to nonsense. And uh, <laughs> the the cool part about it, I guess, cool question mark is that there were these counter protesters that came up and kind of beat the hell out of them and there was, mm-hmm. it was violence and terrible and this happened in the year 2016 donald trump's america hey uh, <laughs> not yet i worked in anaheim for three years we got uh used to uh cause a lot of trouble down there great mongolian barbecue place you gotta <laughs> check it out the kkk protesting that place? it is not it is kkk free promise it says it right there on the door when you walk up. That would be so not have KKK. No clan, no clan allowed. They've got like the hood with the the mark through it, like the Ghostbusters. And oh uh, a, a gear. It's pretty good. <laughs> and a, on the gear point, I play a Music Man amp, which are made in Anaheim. Are they really? Oh yeah, yeah. cool, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I got a Music Man as well, and uh, they, those are great amps. Isn't Rock it, and roll. Isn't yours currently blown up? Mine did blow up. <laughs> <laughs> and the KKK got to it and uh, stabbed it with shivs. It took your baby away. No, I'm glad that happened. It was awesome to see like punk rockers with like bracelets and shit, with spiked bracelets and like boots and stuff kick these dudes' asses. That was nice. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, but of course, one thing that is this our internet age, right? Like before I actually saw the original article. <laughs> I saw a V Hard Times parody article of it. I know you were both doing it. Then, of course, you made an allusion to the KKK took my baby away. Oh, yeah. Where, where, where it was like, where it was like, uh, like it punks fight against KKK rallies, like three stabs, yeah. 17 <laughs> wounded, one baby stolen. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, and like, I was like, I looked at that. I was like, what am I looking at? And then I was like, then I like looked back a little bit. like, Oh, oh, okay. I, I, I I get that joke. The best part about that fight video was uh, seeing frumpy, doughy, daddy-looking dudes fall to the ground and get uh, beat up. There's nothing like watching dads 
and those kind of like <laughs> older dudes fall. I can watch like a 90 minute video of like coaches falling over or like <laughs> fishermen falling over, fishermen. like just tumbling. Like there's one cut of that fight video where it just cuts and then a dude is just barrel rolling down the street and then they come and then <laughs> was it that to cop stomp from, on him. Was it that cop from the barrel roll video? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, that'd be some symmetry. That those KKK uniforms, they look like the uh, the singer of uh, 400 Blows used to dress in uniforms like that. What in the hell is 400 Blows? The uh, n- noise what? rock the band. band. Yeah, I've. I, I, yeah, come on now. I haven't heard of that band. I've heard of them. Okay, well, I like, guess I'm the asshole. One of <laughs> one of the one of the best noise rock bands of the 2000s. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fucking great. They're amazing. Yes. I mean, I played with them many, 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 many a time. I, they they were pretty much West Coast mainstays. Uh, they got they got around a lot though, and the records still hold up. I saw them uh, open. I, I saw them open for At the Drive In many a times, and did not appreciate them at all. I'm like, come on, let's get to At the Drive In. I want to see right. these guys play kind of bad live yeah. now. Uh, Conan, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they, they were they were like old school buds with Replicator. We played like a million shows with them. They're, they're fucking, they're hilarious dudes. Did you play four hundred uh, shows with four hundred plus? Shows, yes. <laughs> Oh, that was uh, pretty I, I will, funny, Conan. I will say this, Singer Scott, because at one point there were two Scots in the band, which is incredibly confusing. Uh, he likes to go snow blind, for sure. Enough said. Is that like a cocaine? <laughs> it's all right. We had a band in Bloomington for several years where every single member was named Mike, and that never got confusing at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was yeah. that Rapider? It was Pushpole. Oh, Pushpole. Okay, yeah. There were two Mikes in Rapider, yeah, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. I was trying to remember. But yeah, yeah. Pushpole push was... We played with Pushpole, too. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike, and Mike. That's a great band. They were a great band. And Mike, Mike, and Ike. Now, the uh, one of the Mikes from Pushbull, the owner of Little Bub, and one of them, one of the other Mike, one of the weirdest individuals I've ever met in my life. Uh, great dude. He uh, produced the first, uh, the first Wax Eater, the first two Wax Eater records, the EP and the uh, and Sleeper. Produce Which, like guys. I got to tell you something. Oh, you know <laughs> what I mean. God damn it. Yeah, drop <laughs> the bridge. Sorry, <laughs> sorry double he, the chorus. <laughs> he engineered them. Basically, he drank espresso and smoked weed and pushed buttons. But oh, and I got to have more beer can opening sound effect. No, it wasn't a sound effect. We opened <laughs> beers into like a ten thousand dollar microphone. It's still called a sound effect. Fair enough. The, uh, the waveform fragment. Is, that's a sound effect. Conan, do you have a question for our guest Adam from Murder by Death? I, I, Actually, what I was just what I was just going to uh, make a commentary on is that uh, it, first of all, is I, I was going to confirm that it was indeed Adam from Murder by Death, and just say that in a genre that I'm not usually typically fond of, I quite like your band, sir. Thanks, man. Hey, I don't know what that genre is, and I'm probably not that fond of it either, though. So I'm, I'm right with you. <laughs> that's, that's that's the benefit uh, of like having just known you guys for like ten years, where it's like, oh, they they just sound like um, that shit just sounds like Murder by Death, man. You know, it's got a little. I do what but, I want. It because it evolves. <laughs> I mean, you guys certainly you I pop in like Who Will Survive, which came out what thirteen years ago, yeah, or something. Yeah, and no, then it was. like I was listening to tracks from your new one today, trying to pick one or two to tell to put on like a playlist for the breaks, and which we still haven't taken somehow. Forty five minutes. Into yeah, the show. this is uh weird. Yeah, but go ahead. Ooh, we'll wrap there. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, the, you could still tell it's the same group of people making the music, but it is not the same. Sure. Yeah. I mean, genre of music. Every record's different, and you know, I mean, it's been 16 years in this band, so it's just not 
going to be the same thing forever. Hopefully, right? Because I feel like that would be terrible. I would be very bored. Like how, do, like, how do the Ramones just keep doing the same fucking record over and over and over again? You know what I mean? Well, but then there's those groups that just have a great, like ACDC, just that is keep true. going, guys. Just like, <laughs> Iron if you could Maiden, not change like, it up. You, know? you could just never change. Man please. of War. Ba-down, 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 every song. Well, it's also, it's also like, it's, there's some bands that... You know, they just sound very comfortable with what they're doing, with doing the same things. And there's some bands that sound very comfortable with what they're doing when they try different stuff. Yeah, I think... It's always, they're a band comfortable with themselves. You know? just got to find what, what your thing is. And, you know, unfortunately, some people, you know, I spend a lot of time in this industry, and some people have gotten stuck doing the same thing when they don't want to be. And yeah. I I, yep. I would have quit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Mm. Well, well, I enjoy I enjoy the work, and uh, next time you see Matt, tell him Cody Newsome says hello. Thanks. And, uh, I will take my answer off the air. Hey, uh, do you want to uh, do you want to intro your song that you gave me today? You want to say that, a little something about that? Is that your job? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> from <laughs> your perspective, plug your own band, dummy. No, I let no. other people do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so this this is uh, ironically murder murder by death member in the in the. Studio Underground today. Mm-hmm. This is off of The Art of Murder by Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Uh, the song is I Do Admire Your Courage. The entire thing is a concept record about Hannibal Lecter and the world around him. Uh, yes, Dale Cover does play drums on it. And um, yeah. Tony Ash? Tony Ash? Yes, Tony Ash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Tony. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, of course. The great Tony Ash. Mm-hmm. Great face as well. Friend for Sorry. life. See, I know, I'm not. I'm like looking at like cars right now. I'm like, like <laughs> traffic. Right. All right. Up my own record. Rico Kasich there. <laughs> I'll go back to laying in my hammock and then uh, just mail this in. So. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thank I'll, you for that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check you later. All right. See you later, man. There goes Conan Neutron, right. Bay Area, my friends. Head honcho, RadioNope.com. Head cheese. <laughs> Carlin really killing it in the chat box today. First of all, posting the Ghostbusters KKK anti logo. <laughs> pretty crucial. Yeah. And then also noting that a 400 Blows song played 11 minutes before the start of this episode of, <laughs> of None of the really? Above. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, I'm the man. only one who didn't know. Uh, so, yeah, we'll take a quick, do a couple songs. Yeah. I've got a, a special cold drinks edition. And then mm-hmm. uh, let's talk to. Adam, I wrote I wrote questions down. Mr. Professional. <laughs> oh, this is the first time we've literally ever done that for a guest is actually write some damn questions um, down. What do you like to eat on um <laughs> on tour? Yeah. <laughs> Crinkled paper. Yeah. <laughs> Twizzlers. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's hear Conan's song, or else we're gonna forget uh how we introed it. Right, here we go. Come back. Uh we'll hear. We're playing with a bunch of these bands that I'm going to play in the spot block because we got shows coming up. I'm going to hear uh, Tape Age. I'm going to hear um, some Maple Stave, some Jerkogram, some Texas Chain Store Manager. It's a great <laughs> name. <laughs> Was that, that's Best a- band name ever. Everybody's chuckled that I've said <laughs> that too. That's good. Are, are they from town or is that a They're from Chicago. Of, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. They sound uh, pretty hard and awesome. And uh, here we go with Conan and the Secret Friends.
Jerkogram on None of the Above, Radio Nope.
All right, we're back. Everybody, uh, places everyone. We were all standing around just uh, like we were at a bar, just hanging around and uh, talking and chit-chatting, having a beer. <laughs> Sorry about that, bro. Thanks for the warning, B. Hey, we were back. That's a Binger by Texas Chainsaw Manager. Texas Chain Store. Ch- yeah. Chain Store. Oh, I slipped. Mm-hmm. Been drinking all day. Not true. <laughs> I've been lying about drinking all day. Uh, before that, we heard Jerkogram with uh, Cloud Builder. Playing with those, playing with both those bros, March twenty sixth at Magnolia Bar and Grill. Try the quesadillas, <laughs> <laughs> as we always say here on the show. They don't have food. They don't have food. <laughs> pizza Donisi, you fold it in half. It could be a pizza pie. I mean, in what quesadilla? In what way is a thin Italian pie not just a quesadilla unfolded, exactly. sir? So. uh March 26th. That'll be a good good old time. That'll be a Heavy Reader show. Yep. We got uh, Heavy Reader this coming Friday, March 4th. Civilian also playing that show, mm-hmm. too. Uh, and then, yeah, March 4th with uh, Matt Anthony and Tape Age. And Corey Z in the Place to Be's new band, Rare Bit, first uh, show. That's why he, he was supposed to be on the show tonight, and then... Uh, Ditched us to have practice. <laughs> it's like, like some kind of stunad. <laughs> He's like, I'm in a new band. I got to practice. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and then next, of course, uh, our favorite national holiday, next Friday, 311 day. Yeah, Uh We are playing, at, <laughs> Wax Eater is playing at Mag Bar with uh, Maple Stave. Yes. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we are playing, we're going back, heading home, Bloomingtron, Indiana. Yeah. Thursday, March 10th. Homecoming. Our, uh, our first show in Bloomington since I moved away almost two years ago. So that's going to be cool. And it's coming right up on almost the 10th anniversary of Wax Eater, which will be pretty cool, I think. Chill. Yeah. And we're going to do that. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to chill. All right. You want to do uh, you want to do my bit real quick and then we'll talk to Adam? Yes, of course. Let's Sweet. go. And now it's time to explore the wondrous world of ales and spirits with Robert Cold Drinks. All right. Okay. So we had a special hole. You got to wait on that. Uh, we had... Uh, several many moons ago, back in probably the first ten or so episodes, um, we <laughs> turn off the K Diamonds commercial. <laughs> uh, so we had my buddy GW, who's a friend of mine from playing Magic, used to live in Bloomington with me, moved back to Oklahoma, and he was really excited because he writes like beer reviews. I think like on Yelp or something. He goes on like the Yelp of beers. He's it's like the beer bro at beerbroblog.blow. Dot blow. Dot booger sugar. Uh, he <laughs> he like writes these. He goes on this like beer website and just writes reviews of beers. And he did a beer a day last year. Wrote 365 beer reviews. Whoa. And so he's like super into. He's into like artisanal everything. He's one of those dudes. <laughs> he uh just likes very particular stuff. Really into like what. He's into really, really particular things, mm-hmm. which I think is cool about him because he is very unlike a lot of people I know. And when he came to play a magic tournament brought uh, last weekend, drove here from Oklahoma in a rental car because, you know, all of his buddies are back here from college and magic. And um, he brought me three bottles of beer. So three, mm-hmm. we're going to have three in a row GW specials. Um, Good. This week is one from his favorite brewery in Oklahoma. He said called Prairie Artisan Ales. And we had one before that was like a chili, like supposed to be like a chili spicy stout way back in the day. Oh, and, we, and we all thought it was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say so, that. Uh, 
And for those not the know, including Adam, basically what we do is, uh, you know, I talk a little bit about what we got here. Usually um, I buy things as a goof, uh, like just things that look ridiculous. Uh, there's some of the remnants up there. We drank the Toadies beer. Oh, my the God. The Toadies have a beer. Wow. We, we had it. The Lebowski beer. Sorry, the Lebowski, sure. <laughs> Lebowski beer. There's a bottle of pre-mixed Alabama Slamma imitation liqueur. Wow. It says imitation liqueur. Uh but or if like the bottle is stupid, I think there's a Sam Adams up there that tries to look like an art print on the bottle. It's like sure. you're Sam Adams, you jerks. So this one looks like Chris Ware drew one of his Technicolor nightmares all over it. It's a guy getting sucked into a crazy cabbie game, um, and it's funky gold amarillo, which amarillo means yellow. Yeah. Is that a Tone Loke song? Funky Gold Amarillo? <laughs> it is. And okay. at first I thought this said Funky Gold Armadillo, which I thought was sweet. Uh, yeah, I like that. But it's Funky Gold Amarillo. This fat slob's getting sucked into a crazy cabbie game. Uh, it says it's made by people who truly care. And this is a 7.5% dry hopped sour ale. Okay. So this is either going to be pretty tasty or a sock. It's going to depend on if you like <laughs> sour ale. It really, you know, And I do. That's why I picked I, this I one like first. Sour Patch Ale. Yeah. Kids. I, I put a Sour Patch Kid in Elliot's okay, uh, for thank him. Thank you. But so. Uh, LSD. Let's, this is bubbling like fucking crazy. Uh, it looks like straight up emergency. <laughs> uh, and it smells. Cloudy. Oh yeah, it is not see through, uh, and it's it smells strong. Okay, you I can like smell the it. Smell, it's got like I can't smell shit, dude. Pretty fruity smell. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like like, smell like many a good sour. And so he brought us one bottle of this, which I'm sure this was a twenty dollar, sixteen ounce yeah. bottle of beer. But uh, and I think he said it was old. Like a lot of their beers, like get bottled and then they're they become rare. You know how like some sure beer breweries, you know, you go buy a Voodoo Donut at Sergio's for twenty eight dollars or whatever. Uh, see, let's uh, let's suck this bad boy down. Huh? Voodoo donut. Right. No, that's a real beer. I, I had it. Tastes Is it like... not zombie dust? No, it was voodoo yeah, dust. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's... Hey. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's not bad. Aftertaste is a little uh, the weakest part. Uh, <laughs> it 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 tastes like. A sour IPA almost where it finishes like it's real hoppy. You taste those dry hops. Yeah, no, it tastes straight up like champagne to me. It's, all, it's so bubbly, yeah. right? Yes. Very bubbly. Yeah, it's actually like very, very bubbly. And it's a higher, a little higher alcohol content for your standard beer. I was drinking a Coors earlier and it's uh, very much different than that. <laughs> We're also drinking Dale's Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. When you're fishing for Big Mouth Bass down at the dock. Grab yourself a Dale's. <laughs> and if um, Dale's Pale Ale wants to sponsor the show, uh, I will butt chug a Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, I could talk to them because uh, <laughs> huh? I they bring us about 100 beers every time we go to Colorado. Oh, and uh, they're very nice people. And we, we toured their plant recently. So mm. we drink a lot of them. Can you uh, convince them to sponsor our show? <laughs> uh, if you, you got the hook butt up, chug a Dale's Pale Ale, I'm... <laughs> I remember the guy's name's Jeremy, and I have the feeling I, have the feeling I could uh, get that pitch approved. Does he know what a wax eater is? Wax eater's kind of, uh, what, would, what, what would you call wax eater? Did, maybe we can get some sort of sponsorship there. Did okay. you not respond to him? In that? I, was, I was waiting. I was, Elliot, Elliot's a producer on some local radio shows, and they love to bring him in there and talk to him about rock music that they don't understand. Oh my God, it's always super awkward. Because I essentially work for like Fox News, sure, basically on the radio, 
So a bunch of like Fox News people like saying, tell me about a... That kooky bander and a wax eater, folks. <laughs> and eater. Like, they hear like rock band and they're like, so how many Skinnered covers? And he's yeah. like, no. How many covers? Can no, we uh, catch it down at Wix? Grab and grab a little pizza, <laughs> a little band and a little pizza and a little deep dish. and uh, <laughs> Two shows a week at Gersel's. <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, three dog night covers. Yeah. <laughs> it's three. <laughs> three dog night covers. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start a band called Dog Night now. Dog, dog night <laughs> so that when people do them they have to do three of them it's like what do you know it's like we know three dog night songs <laughs> what what would be your ideal cover <laughs> band you you have to pick one band that you can assemble whoever you need and you're going to play as this band for halloween who's your ideal halloween cover band bush easy bush all right <laughs> i've been thinking a lot lately about wanting to do a full-fledged presence united states yes. cover band with bass guitars and get basses uh, mm. because I've been super obsessed with that stupid second record lately to the oh, point yeah. where it's like pissing Kelly off. She's like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't want to listen to K-pop anymore. <laughs> so fucking you turn. Grady did one. He did what? He did a president's cover. Did he really? Yeah. Briefly. Interesting. Oh, wow. I think they're just there for like fun for a basement thing once. And why not? Maybe like a couple set? times. Yeah. I did a set. Ooh, wow. Maybe he could drum for this project. Who all was in it, but. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, he, the second record is the Stone Jam. It is. It's I've a little, said that. It's a little less goofy than the first one. Yes. None of that peaches bullshit. <laughs> All these bubbles are making me hiccupy. Yeah, I know. B minus. Acid reflux. What, what about you? If Murder by Death had to dress up as one band, does it have to be? It has to be the whole band doing it, or can it just be me with a bunch of ringers? <laughs> with who? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you do it with Zing. a bunch of ringers. Zing. Yeah. Uh, because we've done we've done a couple tribute things here and there, but. Uh, we, gosh, if it could be just me, I would love to not play guitar. I would just love to sing. Mm-hmm. And I would love to sing in in like some sort of classic rock or metal. I would love to do Iron Maiden. That would be, oh, wow. I, I don't know that I would have to select, you know, if, <laughs> let's assume it's a 25 minute opening set and I could pick right. the songs I can sing high enough to do, but <laughs> it would just basically complete my life to get right. to do something could, like could, that. Because you're not uh, known as a high pitch singer. No, I, I got, you know, for... for for ha- I have a little bit of range, but like yeah. having sung along to every word in an Iron Maiden concert before, mm. uh, I can get some of them. So it yeah. would just have to be a selected set catered completely to my whims and needs. True. Well, you, you, you got you got up there a little bit in the old mustache days, didn't you? Sure. There's a lot of yelling and <laughs> yeah. acting like a fool, <laughs> which was the whole point of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. What bands did you tribute? Uh, I'm trying to think because we've done a lot of covers recently because we did this thing on a, we did these Kickstarters where... Uh, fans uh, would like pledge a certain amount and then we would have to cover whatever song they wanted. Oh, so we've right. done, I mean, in the last three years, we've recorded 33 covers that we didn't pick. So there's been a lot of like learning how to arrange something that you didn't write. And then um, years ago, we did a Cure tribute set a oh, really? long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really fun. Uh, actually, you know what? We, we talked about doing a tribute set more recently, but we just, it, it just didn't come together. I book for a venue that's yeah. based off the cure. I'm saying we can Heard roll it. it all roll it all in together. Would be fun. I saw Twin Lim on Saturday and actually covered mm. Just Like Heaven. Oh, Twin Lim is super yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Was that that say, that I have a knife show that they put? 
Or is that, or is that you know, satellite twins? Uh, yeah, it's satellite twins. I keep getting confused. I walked in like right before they started because I went to David Cross and then I went to Twin Limb after that. It was a hell of a Saturday. Oh, yeah, that was. And then we saw you uh, at, the, yeah. at a bonfire. Then I went to the bonfire yes. and you guys were wasted. Uh, hey, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, you guys showed up late. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. That's, I remember you. there was a 4th of July party occurring while you guys were in session for those covers for the for the fun like the oh, that's Kickstarter right. style thing and I remember Kelly was a little tipsy and found a, I cannot remember your multi-instrumentalist name his name's David David his trumpet was sitting out and she just put that pulled that thing up and was like yeah bah, bah, trumpet <laughs> and Sarah came out of the like out of somewhere and was just like no what are you guys doing and I was like I don't and then it's a pretty uh, personal <laughs> instrument I guess yeah it's just right on your mouth um, yeah. and he's married <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an actual audio of Sarah. Well played. <laughs> and he, she, and then after that, because Sarah had had a few drinks herself that night, cornered me to make sure that I understand that uh, Kelly is too good for me and not to fuck it up. Uh, and then I think she called me an idiot. It was oh. cool. Yeah, I mean, it was. It sounds like her. It, you know, it really does. She's an honest lady. Uh, she she says whatever she thinks. It's true. We're referencing, of course, Sarah, cello player from Murder by Death. Mm-hmm. Also, coincidentally, Adam's wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so let's let's play me out it's of this so bit. Has, have we been going slightly too long on the bit yet, or can we play me out? Uh, yes, you can play it. Let's do it. It was cold drinks with Robert. Cold drinks on none of the above. Cheers. I feel like this episode is going by really slow, but yet it's very fast. I don't know what slow part you're talking about. Nine fifteen, B. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we're just like casually talking, but I'm looking at it feels like we've been talking uh, for just a little bit. But then I look at the clock and it's been it's like, oh, crap. an hour and 15 minutes. Well, but that's good. OK. We're hey, riffing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather it go quick. Um, we have some chat box uh, contributions to the dream cover act mm-hmm. discussion. Um, Rob Ross saying that the president's was with Ryan Paulson, Kyle Beach and Hackett. Oh, uh, Members, basically the sump pumps with our friend Michael Grady, uh, Carlin Reed wanting to do BOC first two albums only, huh. uh, and he said Carlin also saying if he could get all the ringers Stone Cold first Captain Beyond record, which I don't even know what that is. Oh, uh, awesome heavy, heavy psych, til- tilting towards prog just a little bit, but no, just heavy jams. I mean, he like could a Hawkwind, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sir Lord Baltimore. He could just go full Cactus. full bully. When I saw that band, Bully, uh, I saw them. Were you at that? Had, did you go to the show that was here about I, a month ago? No, I saw them like a, a year ago, opening for a friend's band at Z Bar. Oh yeah, there's like 40 people there, and and uh, Sarah bought the EP CD, and then like six months later, we were hearing about them everywhere. Yeah, they played a McCluskey song that their audience uh, clearly did not know was a McCluskey awesome. song, and they were so into it, and I was like. I just turned to like Kelly and was like, none of these people know this is a McCluskey song, do they? She was like, oh, absolutely not. I thought you were going to uh, turn to I Kelly like, guys. I got a boner. Well, I mean, not the show. I mean, that's <laughs> more of a behind closed doors or. About the McCluskey song. Clo- the closed doors right. of the women's bathroom at the tap room conversation, you know. Uh, so, you want, you want me to get to my crumpled sheet of paper? Yeah. All right. Usually, this segment's called Interview <laughs> uh, this the Band. <laughs> this segment's called Member. Actually interview our guest as <laughs> yeah. opposed to just make them bullshit with us and then forget to talk about anything about them. Yes, exactly. So while my kids were independent reading today, I got my teacher red pen. You can see this here on a sheet of notebook paper that I made a kid give me. <laughs> I was like, hey, give me one of those pieces of paper. 
And I wrote MBD questions. Nice. Yeah. So I just had some, you know, just stuff that we could riff on. You mentioned while we were in the break, we were talking about because Murder by Death has had some placements in uh, in some prominent pop culture media, right? You guys were in the trailer for Inglorious Bastards, appeared yep. on Sons of Anarchy. Well, not appeared, but song yeah. appearing on Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> the, you were on motorcycles. Yeah, you were. You guys <laughs> were part of guns. You guys were part of the cool. Mayans. <laughs> Uh, or the Grim Bastards, the all-black motorcycle gang on there. Uh, <laughs> yep. which uh, Controversial costumes for, you, for <laughs> Matt Armstrong wearing. <laughs> blackface. <laughs> yeah, yes. w- weird, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia, Mac blackface. Oh. Uh, so some of the more interesting ones. Elliot, you had a favorite Murder by Death placement. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Leftovers fan, the Leftovers. And uh, there was a uh, Murder by Death flyer on Jill, the daughter's door, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we got a lot of images of that sent to us. I still haven't seen it, but uh, I was like, "Hey, uh, what? Oh, uh, cool." Yeah, it's funny because uh, I don't still don't understand how those happen. We've pro- there's probably been a dozen big shows that have used our posters in the background, and I think it's just that like, you know, you have all these leftover ones from your tours or whatever, mm. and probably the label just sends them to some Hollywood just thing. Like, and set like, design prop house. What are the kids like right just now? Put it know? in <laughs> like moody teenager like, room. Have, Get out the uh, murder by death posters. I am sure sometimes it's just like the music director or somebody who mm. who feels like you know they have a finger on the pulse or whatever they're into, <laughs> and they help out. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm always curious how they end up. You it's, never hear about so it. So they don't have, yeah, so they don't have to notify you if they're There's using no your name or clearing images. whatsoever. Like, for example, if you have a song, I mean, we have a publisher whose job it is to get our stuff in things, and then I have to approve it or not. Right. But with posters, it just happens, and I've never had anyone notify me other than a fan. Yeah, if somebody's so, like, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, it was in the uh, KKK uh, uh, headquarters there. There's all this murder, murder by that stuff everywhere. Well, that's the crazy part is that would be totally uh, apparently legal. <laughs> so, uh, you so, can't throw them like a little cease and desist action there? Like, I don't that know. Shit out? I, I've always wondered, actually, mm. because I thought like, oh, man, like what if it's just a show you hate? I mean, what is it like your NCIS least favorite? What if it's your least me. favorite show on TV and they're just like, yeah. It's just like um, DJ Tanner's daughter on Fuller House has a murder by death. Poster. I really do want to watch that, actually. There's a sick part of me that wants to. The AV Club review was great. It said it gave it a D minus and said it was like a porn parody without the sex <laughs> to bring it all back to porn parodies of okay. Jumanji. I was all like, right. oh, I know. And sadly, I know exactly what that. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like I get that. I think D minus could be generous. I mean, it's... oh, I, I mean, did you watch Girl Meets World? No, because that was a real piece of shit, and it's the same thing where it's like, do we need more of this? No, did we need more of this? The real answer is kind no. Of but... Out of the demo no. for that stuff there, so, but so give us the uh, you know the Reader's Digest. I mean, Murder that's been around for. 16 years. A long time. <laughs> Quite a since bit. 68. Yeah, since 1968 <laughs> plus 30. Uh, yeah. So give us the, the Cliff's Notes version here. Sure. Uh, so we started in 2000. Basically, we moved to Indiana, to Bloomington, uh, from various places all over this fine country. And mm. Sarah's but, Louisville native, right? Yeah, Sarah's from Louisville. Uh, I mean, the, there's we're not all the same members now, but I mean, we we're from... Texas, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Georgia, a variety of places uh, over the course of the band. And uh, but anyway, so we, I mean, we started just doing like basement shows that we would put on, and then we started playing basement shows, and then we started doing DIY spaces, eventually clubs, and we basically we just kept being able to grow. And uh, the band is it's crazy because uh, it, it feels like we're we've been around forever, but. 
um, we've been lucky enough to stick around and um, we got a tour we're leaving for in two weeks and you know we're still out there and uh, honestly our career is actually by far the biggest it's ever been so Which it's <laughs> weird honestly it's genuinely weird and I have people tell me that all the time in the industry who are like well man that's crazy because this does usually a band like has like a thing that blows them up and then that's like their peak and then they kind of settle into something we never had what that. What do you peak. think that is, though? The old hot, hot heat action, where it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's why I try not to dog those bands because they're like they're so common. It's so common to have something where like you write something and everybody's like, this is right now. This is the thing of right now. Like fucking Franz Ferdinand or something. And I just don't think that I have ever noticed what was happening in the present enough to to you know distill it into an album that was like perfect for right now. So it's yeah, if you like it, you like it. Because it, it never felt like, and I don't mean this to sound like mean or anything but it never felt like you guys truly blew up like to the level of like a like a ubiquitous single like Franz Ferdinand or Hot Hot no Heat way. Was everywhere but like you, you guys got an, to the point where you had a fan base that didn't ditch you with the whims of yeah. stuff and your albums evolved enough to change kind of change I think almost like with your guys age I mean how old Definitely. were you guys in 2000 19 <laughs> like, Sarah was 18 yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that was when I started college, too. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I'm only a year behind you guys. Like, yeah. you moved to Bloomington about a year, maybe two before I did. Yeah. And oh, we were kids. We were children. Yeah. And <laughs> and those and those early records are a lot weirder and spazzier, and they sound more like kids figuring it out. But yeah. then, like, the maturity it builds, you know, with you as you go, where some bands, you know, we talked about earlier, stagnate or get into a rut. Not a rut, but, like, into a style that doesn't stagnate, but, like, you know, you don't expect ACDC to be like, oh, man, here comes that new ACDC sound. There it is. And a million years ago, you guys were originally called Little Joe Gould, right? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's from it's from a E. Cummings poem, and I, we were making like really sleepy music when we first started, mm-hmm. and there was some different people when we first started playing, and then eventually, like, I mean, we never thought anything was going to happen with the band, basically, and we just sort of had no idea what our direction was going to be. And we just started writing songs. And I mean, that's part of it is that I think when older people start a band, they say, I want to start a band. that's like this. And they, yeah. you know, they know what they want to do. As opposed to, they, I want to start a band. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like, I want to play music in a dorm room. That's what we yeah. said. And then, you know, we never thought that we were going to even like really play real shows or open for real mm-hmm. bands or hit, certainly hit the road. We never thought any of that was going to happen. And then it surprised us. And, uh, and I mean, that's, I mean, it in a weird way, it, it sidetracked our lives in a way that we never anticipated. I mean, we thought we were going to college to, you know, go get jobs. jobs. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, we thought that we were going to have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, more obvious trajectory. And it's been there's it's been years and years of figuring out what that is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel very lucky though because I mean, we are the lucky ones. It worked out, and we've been able to make a living off this and. It's like, oops, we forgot to finish college. Like, yeah. Oh, I, shit, we got successful. Now we don't have well, degrees. Well, so I have eight credit hours left for oh my, my college God. degree, <laughs> and I finish both my double major. I just have, like, fill-in-the-blank classes yeah, left. You got to go take math. <laughs> and Yeah, seriously, I still didn't take math. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that's the sort of thing where it's like I have not ha- – I went back in 2006 to – uh, do a 20 credit hour uh, semester to try and like get closer and then 20 hours in one semester yeah it actually wasn't that bad but um, yeah. well we were focused but we were also flying out every weekend to play festivals and like at one point we flew to Alaska and played a few shows up there that's, and then came back to school on Monday that's my buddy Sean <laughs> in um, in Chicago has a funny story about the arcade fire where like 
Um, the younger Butler, but not Win Butler, the main guy, but like the younger one, mm-hmm. um, was in a class with him, like at Northwest or Northeastern, mm-hmm. and he like overheard that guy, like because he was going to class, like you're saying, like in between gigs and stuff, yeah, like when they were on lulls, and he going to the professor was like, hey, I know this paper's due like on this day, but like I can't be in class that day to hand it in. Can I possibly like? email it to you or drop it off your office hours either the day before or day after. He's like, well, why do you have to miss class? He's like, I have to go be on Conan. Yeah. And it's just like, my buddy Sean just no, I had like, to have man, fucking okay, dude. <laughs> get, get your paper in early. I had to have less uh, successful sounding conversations like that. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go play in uh, Bozeman, Montana at like the Rib Fest. Or, no, or, seriously, exactly <laughs> like that. I can't, I can't turn in my midterm essay. I got to be on Tom Green. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I've got to go um, do punch-ups for uh, the Beavis and Butthead where they make fun of our video. Uh, oh, uh, boy. That's a dream. That would be great. Uh, would that be a sign of success? Yeah, yeah. There's there's all yeah. these funny things like, yeah, that people try to use as as this is, would be the thing that, you know, that really like lets it. you know that you made it. And uh, I think that was a great thing for bands from, you know, like 90s bands to be made fun of by Beavis and oh. Butthead. That's a pretty, for our generation as kids, you know, we were... I think that was. You gotta imagine that was like the high point of Marcy Playground's career, right? Like just or Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper was on there. Oh man, that was a good one. I I mean my my favorite is the um, the one where they're they're dissing pavement, right? Mm -hmm. And not only is it funny because I think pavement sucks and I think it's boring. I I mean that's fair. That two years around. I mean people out there like ICP. Uh, but like he, like they're like, they're making fun of me. Thank like, you for that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, I mean, like these guys, I mean, like it's boring. It's like, I mean, it's like a band like Jesus Lizard. It's like, I mean, they suck, but like they rock. And it's like, oh, come on. Why you got to talk to them? And then by the end of it, they're just screaming, try harder at pavement, uh, which I <laughs> thought was For what song? Cut your hair? Uh, I don't think it was cut your hair. Uh, Cause that one's more of a rocker than some of the other ones. I don't Range life? I don't know. I do I'm gonna tell you right now. You can say I I do. I don't know. I remember the audio bits, not the visual bits. But now you mentioned the band being from like all over, and now you guys really are. You and Sarah here in Louisville. You got Matt still in Indiana. uh, Dagan's in freaking Portland. Yeah, and our keyboard players in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. And our crew are from California and Colorado. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Who is on your uh, your crew lately? Like like your merch crew and your help setup crew guys? Uh, You don't know them. We have new people actually this tour, but we've had a variety of people. But basically, being being a cult band that has a you know popularity enough that's that's good for us, but not you know a giant group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our crew guys basically graduate at some point, and we have to just (laughs) two bigger bands. Yeah, they graduate and get a diploma. Who did Will Peppel graduate to? It's something in Skrillex. Skrillex, right? Um, (laughs) Okay. Well, and that's the funny thing is that right now, um, you know, the most successful music out there, it's all DJs. Oh yeah. And so one of our guys graduated to Skrillex, and uh, the other one to uh, Flostradamus. And uh, he also works for Devil Makes Three, uh, Americana group. So, mm-hmm. and they're they're killing it right now. And so, like you know, they come to work for us when they can, when it makes sense. But these acts are, it's a little easier because the everything's just sort of taken care of. You know, yeah. the they got the they're on the bus. They got the um, yeah, they pay more because um, they can. Yeah, and, naturally, I mean, these DJs like are making like a hundred k a show or something. You know, who so knows? So, what kind of crew do you? You just have a front of house guy and a merch we do, guy. We do two or three people. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. crazy, and we we actually travel way lighter than most of the bands that play the clubs we do because I just don't think I don't like all the fuss. It's just sort of like I don't know. There's just some people bring out like I I, I, I once played a show with a group 
and they had their entire crew on headsets. I was going to ask, is They're anybody from- on a walkie-talkie? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it blew my mind. We were playing at South by Southwest, and um, they're like, the, the tour manager's like scream. I, mean, I was selling merch because it was South by. I was just like, whatever, I'll, I'll sell merch. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the girl who's selling it, and she's super nice, and she was doing a great job. And I, I know, I mean, I'm the person who hires these people. Like, I know when yeah. someone's doing a good job. And this tour manager's like screaming at her over the, over the uh, headset. And then he's like coming and screaming at her in person. And I, I, she's not doing anything <laughs> wrong. He's just stressed out. And there's like all these people. And then the headset's not working right. It's just one of those things where it's like, why don't you just talk to each other like people do? Yeah. This sounds like a Twister scenario. I like the movie Twister a lot. It sounds like there's the ragtag bunch of like crew members. Oh. And then there's the everybody driving, you know, black uh, Escalades <laughs> with the headsets and stuff. And you're just like, oh my God, that's so dumb. I'm just like, yeah, get back to basics. Uh, Basically, we played with Twister the band. (laughs) Uh, Lawyer listener uh, Bradley R. Weisenberger Mm -hmm. chiming in on the band poster thing. It is not the band who gets paid for the use of a poster, but the artist who drew the image on the poster. That's definitely not true, actually. I don't know. He's <laughs> saying the, the poster artist should have been paid for using it, and the use of the band name isn't really an issue unless there's some gross association, like some racist uses that to create bad association. Sure. Uh, the thing is, though, that like we hire all our friends to do the art, and, and then I they're not promise getting. Promise you that. Like, I think they tell me if they had been paid by well, some mysterious agency. But that's the thing is, is like you basically. That's the other thing about paying an artist is, uh, you know, in this industry, you have all these people that. Uh, they're just sort of like getting their art out there. And so, like for yeah. example, I mean, on many occasions, if, some, if I give somebody, like for example, Ben Bustle did the album art for uh, Red of Tooth and Claw for us. And I think that might have been the one they, I can't remember when, oh, I think my friend Ryan Browns was used for The Leftovers. Guy mm-hmm. I've known since I was six years old, comic book artist, does a bunch of stuff for Image. And uh, so he, that's his poster on Leftovers. Mm-hmm. There's no way they even know who did it. There's nobody at yeah. that show that well, has any idea who he is. I think is. what he's saying he's is eating like a Tostino's that, pizza right now. That if somebody's getting paid for an, yeah. for something like that, it would be the artist. Because I remember hearing, uh, I was listening to the best show, and one of uh, Tom Sharpling's like artist friends, this guy uh, Coop, that does like you know yeah. the kind of cartoonized like devil women, all yeah. a lot of like monster magnet stuff, so, like people <laughs> yeah. people like letting him know that like his posters are getting used there, and he was like going after the shows like you need to pay me for the I rights mean, to my image well that's a great see i mean he brings up a point where maybe they should be yeah and exactly. maybe they should go and be like hey by the way and you know the thing is that like we paid those people to make the design for us mm-hmm. and how it gets used after that usually is just nobody ever chases it but that being said i wonder if you know i wonder if he wanted to but i probably mm. my guess is you know the person with the most lawyers and money wins right? <laughs> which is probably hbo in this instance <laughs> Maybe Ryan. I don't know Ryan. Like mm. <laughs> maybe he knows like, some guy. Maybe he's got like a real my cousin Vinny situation <laughs> yeah. going on. Really yeah. finesse his way through. Yeah. So uh, how does then how does like practice and songwriting work? Because me and Elliot, Aaron and Aaron live within uh, three miles of one another, and <laughs> you know it's sometimes it's hard for us to get together and practice. And it's uh, writing sessions are just totally different than practice sessions. Um, if we're writing, we basically like for example for our last album. I will write in my free time and mm-hmm. I'll create very like detailed outlines of songs. We'll get together. At this point, we know how to work together quite well. Yeah. And everybody, everybody's a good player. Like they know how to pick up and play. And it's, you know, I mean, being older, this certainly helps having confidence in writing, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. 
Um, so we, you know, we get together and then we'll rehearse. And uh, in some cases, we rehearse the whole album and it's ready to go. And we go into the studio and record it. Right. In some cases, we'll do like uh, we'll do like three songs. Then we'll go in the studio and record those three songs. Uh, for rehearsing before tours, we just fly into wherever. Like the next tour is starting in Seattle. Um, Dagan lives in Portland, pays for a, a share in a space. We're flying into Portland like four days before the tour starts, rehearsing for a few days. Um, and we're pretty fresh because we, we we know like a lot of the material right now. We're really we got about 52 songs that we learned oh. um, because we played a couple New Year's shows. We had our Stanley Hotel shows. We have um, we had a tour in November. So we're still like, no, it's in there. Like learn 52 songs like of of the whole catalog yeah we're playing so like over the course mm -hmm. of this tour we'll probably play like say 25 show songs a night mm -hmm. but we have like 52 different songs that we can interchange we depending on the that, show because yeah. we just uh. we do a different thing every night and is that the kind of thing where like you guys can just, like i know when for the several years that that l and aaron were in wax eater and i was still living in bloomington like <laughs> there'd be times like we'd be about to go on tour for two weeks and yeah. we wouldn't have played together for two months or something oh yeah and we would just like come and do one set run through in my basement and be like we're good and we'd be fine you know because like it is that confidence you talk Different about beats. i will tell you that oh, at some yeah. point like sometimes it's amazing how like we've done back in the day especially more i mean like now we've decided that we want to if we're going to fly to start touring the west coast with like a three hour time difference and all that <laughs> We just want to get there and make sure that all the gear is there and be safe about it and like have rehearsed. And then we take the day off before the tour starts to just take a minute and then we start the tour. That's yeah. old people shit. Oh, and yeah. then, no, that's smart. But then, well, yeah, but it's also a luxury of, you know, having a little more success where we can say, well, hell, we have to pay for hotels or wherever we're mm -hmm. staying for those days. Back in the day, if we had a tour, I mean, also we were playing 200 shows a year. Yeah. We would just start. Like if we hadn't played together for two months, we just show up <laughs> and hope that the first, the first show two isn't shows that are practice. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and sometimes those shows are amazing because there's so there's so much energy of the like fear of screwing up. Yeah. So you never know. Right. I think our old guy version of that is now we all travel with air mattresses. Yeah. And so now it's like we don't. I don't fucking. I'm in my 30s now. We're all in our 30s now. Totally. Like wax eaters all the same age, which yeah. I think is fun. We're all 32, and it's like. I don't sleep on a fucking floor anymore. I don't do it. So yeah. it's like, I've got a fucking, we all have air mattresses under the bench right. of the van. And it's like, that's a, we are sleeping move. on something soft. It's like, <laughs> sure, we still don't, we still sleep on people's floors. Yeah. But on a damn air mattress. Yeah. It's like, that's. <laughs> now I'm only uh, five or six inches away from dog hair. Then. Yes. Instead exactly. of just laying right on it. Yeah, everything's still gross, but at least I'm like up above. I was up above it. <laughs> I also yeah. bring my own allergy medication. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's been a, a fun benefit of uh, you know, a little getting older and moving in with Kelly and having like her pets now. Where it's like, oh, cool. I think I'm kind of allergic a little bit to these cats, <laughs> which has never been an issue because I've never lived with a cat in my life. Yeah, and now it's like mm, some real shit. <laughs> so my eyes are itchy when she sleeps on my face. Good to know. Uh, and that's you talk about hiring a lot of um, like your friend artists to do stuff, right? And we're big proponents of that because we don't have any money. Um, well, that's well, that's how it starts. Basement <laughs> is decorated with bros. Our friends are yeah, yeah. exactly now. Yeah, it's good stuff because that's something I wanted to ask about without sounding condescending. You guys have always been big merch people. Like yeah. I remember even early Murder by Death shows I went to, including one of my favorite, which was like you guys with like breathe or resist for some reason <laughs> which yeah. is a very weird show yeah we play with those guys uh and play with a bunch of their bands like, oh, we all played the like black cross and, mm -hmm. and we played with a lot of that stuff. a lot of rhinos action we played with all like every genre at this point oh, i mean which is it was nice i love it crossover I mean, yeah no it's great it keeps it interesting but i always even back then there would be 
10 to 15 shirt designs available. And I'm sure now you guys are still going out with a bunch. We do load. like 10. Yeah. Yeah. So now is this like a, a conscious decision to say like, we want to have, cause I went and saw Bruce Springsteen last Sunday. Homeboy only had like eight shirt, like more murder <laughs> by death shirt designs at a show. <laughs> He doesn't, need, Bruce, he doesn't need that sweet, what, sweet Skrilla. Uh, to be fair, you, you guys are not charging $45 no, for a t-shirt no, either. No, we're not. But is that uh, you know, a kind of conscious thing where you're trying to get your friend's art into people's hands? It's, it's a bunch of stuff. I mean, part of it is just that, like, if you know how artists are. Like, yeah. if they say they want to do the design, I, like, I'd say yes. And then a year later, that design shows up. And maybe it shows up at a time when I have like a bunch of old designs. And mm-hmm. so what's really happening is you're cycling out like certain ones. Right. And, you know, depending on how much stuff you're selling, like sometimes it takes a while to cycle something out. Yeah. And so like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I, I try to be smart about it and say like, for example, we have this tour coming. And so I want to introduce some new shirts for the mm-hmm. people that, you know, maybe ha- have like show. an old one or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And like, you don't want to sell the same stuff forever, but uh, but sometimes I'll bring back like a design from 2003 or Hell something yeah. that I just really liked, and it's because like vintage just, Mountain Dew, like the ribbed, <laughs> like, the, like the glow in the dark ribs yeah. shirt that says "Murder by Actually, Death." We haven't made that one because there's been so many like pop versions of like the glow in the dark ribs yeah. thing since then, and I mean because we ripped it off from like whatever like ET or some shit. Yeah, but <laughs> I can't remember some. There's some kids movie there. I had that one. It was a youth large. It yeah. shockingly doesn't fit anymore. Yeah, youth large, man. When big. was the last time I made one of those shirts? <laughs> that was They're on Lookout dude. Records, right? Yeah. Youth large. <laughs> back in back in the 0304, yeah. man. I, I've been known to rock a youth large shirt. Yeah. I that never even crossed my <laughs> threshold. Youth anything. Uh, you've always been barrel ass six large, foot a thousand. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I've seen your photos from high school when you were six foot four and eighty pounds. Uh, 160, but yeah. Youth mm-hmm. large still probably too short for you. I was just a large. I've never been a medium yeah. or anything. Just large from day one. That's but, because and I'm, in charge. I would love yeah. to have several shirt designs available at a time, but it's like the startup capital where you have like no yeah. money. Well, <laughs> that's so, the thing is that you're like, it's like you're floating. You have all this stock all the time and we put out our own vinyl and we, we do mm-hmm. all. So I, I mean, we have just these piles and piles and just garages full of final at all times and yeah you're sitting <laughs> yeah. on you're sitting on i mean even if it's selling great like it takes forever to make it so you get just got to sit on it and it's just part of uh i mean i have heard and you know i've, I've had good advice uh from various industries whether like my friend ryan i was ta- talking about did that poster mm-hmm. um he was saying that in his industry in the comic book industry they say always have uh like always have stuff in stock never let something mm-hmm. go out of print because then Basically, people are just buying the used version from each other, from somebody else, or whatever. And, and like, you make no money. When, yeah. Like, and if if some if it's if people still want it, and especially if you're like a sort of a cult uh, artist of whatever your genre is, um, you know, they'd like to buy it from you. I mean, I get emails all the time of stuff that we haven't reprinted because it just we just didn't want to make a ton of them. Yeah. And people saying like, Hey, I want to buy it from you. I could go on eBay, but, and I, I appreciate that. That's, that's, I think the consumer right now is really cool in that way. There's a lot of people who want, they're very aware that artists have often been taken advantage of and they yeah. want to pitch in. And it's one of the reasons why it's like hire friends to do merch, sell it yourself, mm-hmm. mail it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Jay Bush helps me mailing our merchandise all the time up in Fort Wayne. He's really taken over a lot of that and, it's, I don't know. I just, I like that. Keep it. And where it's like, you know, you close. don't, you know, I could go give my money to Hot Topic, but you know, fuck that. I'm pretty sure Modest Mouse still makes that uh, Buffalo t shirt that, oh, that 
half the population of Orange County had when that I you can, was I think, growing up there. Oh, intern Gunch in the house. Uh, right. That you can get at like Urban Outfitters. Yes. Uh, you know, funny Urban Outfitters sidebar. Hold on. Give me the reverb. Go ahead. Urban Outfitters sidebar. Stan Dahl of Lord's fame now in mm. Cincinnati made a like Kramer from Seinfeld t-shirt that is now available at Urban Outfitters. What? True stuff. Uh, he put it, he posted it on his Instagram. Oh, I'll check like, that out. There's a lot of those. Uh, like I know the guy who did the one that was like the Smiths shirt. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. It's uh, it's like the Smiths, the group font, but it's like uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> and I think Jimmy Fallon wore it like the first night of his show. And, <laughs> like, but I think that shirt has like marketed. He's been marketing like that. all sorts of you know internet shenanigans since then. Yeah, I, I remember there was an old uh, like. Photoshop thing floating on the internet that, that was the cover of Meet is Murder, but it was Will like four Will Smiths and it said the beat is murder on it. <laughs> and it was just, you know, the album said the Will Smiths instead of the Smiths. Yeah. Well, let's uh, play some music by yeah. Murder by Death since we only have 20 minutes left. I want to uh, play a couple, come back, yeah, ask a I got couple a of 10 uh, minute block here, and then uh, we'll do a high and by when we get back. Sure. Sound ask good. one or two more questions yeah. when we come back. So think about this, Adam, while we play some of your music. We got to hear. Craziest tour story. I'm talking wild. You might have to go back to before you were in hotels. I want a wild tour <laughs> I'm story. Illegal. Okay. And uh, I want to hear about the flame guitar. I've heard that this is a good story about your crazy flame left-handed guitar. Not that good a story, but that's yeah, a story. I want to hear about the Stanley Hotel too. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, we want to talk about how that came about too. So we'll have a ten minutes to for final Q's and A's. With right Adam Turler from Murder by little, Death. A little high and by, as we say in professional uh, broadcasting. Um, we're going to hear Hard World first. Yeah. Off of Bitter Drink, Bitter Moon. Right. The last album. And then we got some stuff from uh, the latest album, Big Dark Love. Yeah. Correct. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We're on it. Now, uh, torch it up, goes. dude. All right.
That was uh, Solitary One by Murder by Death, who uh, the singer of that band is right here in studio, right here in Studio Underground. And where where might people have heard that song, Adam? So uh, we were discussing uh, <laughs> song placements, and there was a TV show recently. Uh, it's like a cop show with J Lo and Ray Liotta, and yes. we you know we approved the use of that song on the show, but we didn't totally know uh, exactly what the show was because it hadn't started yet, and and whatnot and uh but uh we got the best possible outcome which is that uh this song is apparently i haven't seen it yet but a couple of my bandmates have songs playing uh while uh ray Liotta receives a blowjob from a gentleman in a car oh and, and the apparently the best part of it is that 
as this is going down, so to speak, uh, he locks eyes with a dog, and they just kind of <laughs> dig in. <laughs> and uh, like that, this is happening. Yeah, this is happening. This is happening, Rover. Anyway, so I just I loved it because it's perfect. Just like, well, it just if you know, you're right. The idea of something that you wrote to be independent of itself being used in mm-hmm. any context is sort of it always for me feels out of place, so I don't ever watch it. Especially for, like, a network television show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who knows what they're going to do. Yeah, a network television show where guys are getting blowjobs and staring at dogs, I guess? I got to say, hey, hats off, network TV (laughs) and Ray Liotta for, you know, just going on a limb there. But Ray Liotta looks like he's going to explode in that show. (laughs) Like, literally explode. I haven't seen it. I've seen the previews. (laughs) I haven't even seen that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's got one mode, and it's like, turnt. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, that's all Ray Liotta's really that's uh, this whole range is like yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that makes me want to rewatch No Escape because uh, that's my favorite Ray Liotta joint uh, I don't think I've seen it it's where he's on a prison island and they're like you're never gonna escape and he's like I'm gonna escape <laughs> it's pretty awesome I'm assuming he escapes <laughs> he totally probably does I can't remember Operation Dumbo <laughs> Drop all the way is he in that oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's him and is that uh, is that Tim Allen Dumbo Drop or is that that's not Bill Murray. It's Ray Liotta, Ryan Stiles from oh, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and Danny Den- Glover. Danny Glover. Isn't Dennis Leary in Operation Dumbo Drop? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the Bill Murray. Star-studded, as we say. I'm thinking of the Bill Murray Elephant Jam, Larger Than Life, with, with Janine, <laughs> with Janine Garofalo. I forgot that existed. Yeah, you can keep forgetting. It's uh, terrible. No, I'm going to go home and watch that. If anybody else <laughs> Just has watch any- Quick Change instead. Okay. Uh, Dumbo's a good pachyderm uh, movie. I mean, it's pretty it's racist. Fine film. Dumbo or Dumbo Drop? It's the crows Dumbo. that I recall being racist. I well, remember being a kid and being like, what's happening? <laughs> they were just very <laughs> jive crows. Yeah. That's, that's like, I, I liked them. Don't yeah, get me no, wrong. There's but. some great <laughs> to, lines in there. Yeah. Yeah. To, to quote Family Guy, that's just good old fashioned family racism. Yeah. Right there. Oh, we were watching. There's a couple Disney movies that uh, Luxie and I watch. My daughter and uh, Aristocrats. Aristocats uh-huh. has a totally like racist against the. Uh, it's. Chinese stereotypes oh. and I noticed that because now we listen to the Disney like soundtracks on Spotify while I'm driving around in the car with her mm-hmm. and there's a song everybody wants to be a cat which is like a Scatman Crothers like a okay. song I love him lean it back to Stanley Hotel we'll yeah, get to that nice. um, but there's this whole part of the song it's everybody wants to be a cat but there's one part where the Siamese cat goes like uh, ching chong, bing bong, oh. egg foo, young, fortune cookie, always wrong. <laughs> like, oh god, oh my god, that's, it, that's in the movie. He has buck teeth, like huge eyes, and like and everything. And uh, oh, it's like Breakfast at Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mickey on the Rooney. soundtrack, or the movie Murder by Death. Uh. <laughs> on the soundtrack, that part is totally like cut off. They're like, oh shit, what have we done? <laughs> You forgot to mention the most important cast member of Operation Dumbo Drop, which, according to IMDb, Dougie Doug. You remember oh, Dougie oh, yeah. Doug? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was up in there. Uh, so, yeah, how did these Stanley Hotel shows come about? Because you guys do this every year now, right? Explain that, yeah. Yeah, we've done it three years now. Um, it's basically, so the Stanley Hotel is the hotel that Stephen King stayed at, uh, had a weird dream about hurting his child, and then a ghost experience, and decided he would write a book about it, The Shining. And so um, they wanted to film the Stanley Kubrick movie there, but basically due to uh, budget stuff and just you know ease of filming, they did it. The insides on a soundstage, and they did a different exterior because they wanted it to feel more remote. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's basically in, it's inspired by this hotel, and they're sort of it's it's supposed to be one of the most haunted hotels in the nation. And mm-hmm. 
So I always thought it'd be cool to play a show there, and they'd never had bands play there, um, yeah. which we recently found out that it turns out <laughs> is not totally true because apparently in the 60s they had like some pretty major players. I just, in passing, one mm. of the staff members mentioned this to me. And said, the Grateful Dead? <laughs> no, uh, that Johnny Cash and like oh, some geez. other like major like people just like popping in and like doing like private event or something. Oh, but, weird. But they had told us we were the first rock band to ever play there. So anyway, <laughs> we we did a show there. Um, it was like two nights. They didn't even know how to do a non-seated capacity, so we just took their word for it. We were just happy they were willing to do it. Sold out in 24 hours. Um, we had a third night, sold out immediately. Did the ticket include a room? No. Um, it's just a ticket to see the show. And that's, and you know, I mean, the idea is that it's a... You'd be dumb not to, you know, stay Well, we, I actually wanted to try and, like, work out... We got a... We managed to get a discount for fans who are attending. They get a mm-hmm. discount for the rooms. For the, okay. Um, how far is it from, like, civilization? It's an hour and a half north of Denver. So it's, it's only, like, 45 minutes north. It's in Rocky Mountain National Park, 45 minutes north of Boulder. Mm. So, okay, so you could, like... Stay in Boulder and drive. There's even a shuttle from Denver Airport. And so a lot of people take that. It's like, I think it's like $30. It's not that bad. Oh, yeah. But I mean, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a weekend. I mean, you are, you are Mm. going and like a lot. I mean, there's just about five or six proposals every year at this event. Oh, wow. And honestly, I just had the idea and I thought it'd be cool. And the thing that, um, that happened this year that I was honestly shocked about because I've never met the owner of the hotel. We just kind of show up, do our thing. It's three nights. Um, and we just, you know, do these, do our event and we socialize after the event and we like go to the bar and just basically everybody's dressed up in murder your family tuxedos and, and, yeah. you know, dresses and girls look like babe, you know, flapper babes and everything. Yeah. It's really fun. Really? It's basically national whiskey day, but our, our whiskey party we throw every year, but with a concert Excellent. or the house band killer. And so then, uh, it's, it's essentially, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming a thing that seems like it's, this is a tradition and I actually am working right now on a really ambitious version of it for next year and crossing my fingers that I don't basically just overextend and, I like that you're turning like you know how bands have cruises now. Yeah, like it's the not Weezer, a cruise. like the Weezer cruise, but it's like yeah. the Murder by Death cruise. Haunted Murder Hotel. And that's the thing is like people go on ghost tours. We actually went on a ghost hunt with like ten weird like pieces of gear and shit, and they're explaining like, so a bunch packs. of bullshit. <laughs> I loved it, uh, yeah. and uh, I'm I'm a pretty practical person, and I had a lot of fun. So well, if you just buy into like the all right, we're this uh, steer into the goof, you know? Yeah. It's a. I will say it's a really strange building. It's built on uh, a quartz foundation, so mm. and uh, it's a floating foundation. So basically, it's also very windy up in Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. National Park. So there's a lot of weird sounds. The building is moving. I mean, there are certain rooms that Whoa. if you stay in them, it's the sounds and the creaking and the physical moving room. You can see how it has the reputation it does, and yeah. it's no less creepy, even when you understand the <laughs> mechanics. Yeah. It's like, no, this is just shifting quartz. Yeah, well, my fucking bed I, is still vibrating. I'm on the third so. floor, motherfucker. You yeah. know? It's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That does sound pretty cool. It's really fun. It's not, it's the most <clears throat> unique thing that I've ever done in, in the music world, and I, it's, we have a great time. You didn't feel anything supernatural, did you? Oh, yeah. We've had, like, oh, yeah. weird, weird stuff. I mean... The, the, here's the best story from that. My friend Jen, uh, she's a nurse. Um, she's like thinks the ghosts are bullshit. And she, uh, we're sitting at dinner, just Sarah and her and I. And I'm looking right at Jen, and we're talking. She just stops and she's like, looks behind her, and there's nothing there. And she's like, something just touched me on my shoulder. I don't believe in ghosts for a second, but a ghost just touched me on my shoulder. Oh, and I was like, okay, that's really, really weird. And it was her left shoulder. 
Um, and she was like, the whole weekend, she's kind of like, this is weird and weird. You know that that's like something that Stanley Hotel ghosts like do a lot, right? Like, and she's like, no, I didn't know this. Later, feel you up. Yeah, well, apparently they just like tap people on the shoulder a lot, and people, hey, Mister, people report that a lot, and you mm. can take that for whatever you want. But basically, what a waste of ghosthood. Yeah. Yeah, like, what's up? Yeah, I tapped, her on the sh- <laughs> I tapped her on the shoulder. Yeah. What about you, Ghost Jerry? Oh, I tapped yeah. this guy on the shoulder. It was pretty cool. <laughs> her shoulder was pretty tight. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so she, the crazy part of the story is uh, she's flying home. They stop her at security, and they're saying, like, hey, you need um, you need to go through like and get a special screening. And she sees, they show her, like, the image, and on her left shoulder, right where she got tapped, there's just, like, a big red mark uh-huh. that looks like two fingers. And she's just like, okay. what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and that's when it got interesting. And she's like, still don't think it's a ghost, but that was what, how did that possibly and happen? And then, uh, what did Ashton Kutcher say when he came out from the, uh, yeah, from the security he, office? Yeah. yeah. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've been punked. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but still it's interesting. It's uh, I mean, that's, it's certainly weird. And I'm firmly in the like, okay, yeah, prove it to me. Fucking prove yeah, it. Yeah. Show, show me something. When I feel the ghost tap, and see the weird red thing yeah. on my shoulder. Then maybe I'll maybe I'll think twice. But I thought that was pretty interesting, though. Was, she she thought it was all bullshit, and she still felt like something weird's going on. But I don't care. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right, you got plugs coming up? Uh, records, tours. Yeah, tell us about. We're on we're on tour for the next like six weeks, and uh, we can find that info at murderbydeath.com. Murderbydeath.com, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Go see them if they're in your city. You're going out to Seattle first. Yep, starts on the West Coast, uh-huh. goes east. All right, James Burns, go to that. When you're in Portland, the, uh, Brandon Volkman, go to that. We got a uh, Tim Barry's open in the West Coast. Excellent. And, uh, oh, I ran sound for him at Haymarket. Yeah, he's, that was good times. I've met him once or twice, great guy. Mm-hmm. And then this gentleman, uh, Kevin, De- Kevin Devine and his goddamn band are opening the East Coast. <laughs> All right. And if 311 asked you to open for them on 311 Day next Friday, how much money would it take? Is it on the cruise? No, this is in New Orleans. Uh, they are okay. having 311 Day, two-day festival, 311. You're asked to open. It costs how much to have Murder by Death open for Ooh. 311? Um, I would first say that they are not allowed to cover The Cure. Um, Noted. <laughs> uh, love Song, I believe it was, if I recall, from the uh, uh, Adam Sandler romantic comedy. Uh, let's say... $50,000. $50,000. I'll float that to Nick Hexum uh, and we'll have an answer for you. Or a Perfect. private island. <laughs> All right. This has been none of the above. We got, uh, we're running out of time. We're going to get kicked off the air. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming in. And this will be up soon and we'll see you in a week or so. Thank you. Now it's Bye. time for so Bye. long. But we'll sing just one more song. Thanks for doing your part. You sure are smart, you know, with Bobby Cole drinks, and Kyle, and my dog, man, dude, we can do anything that we want to do. Bye. See you later.